All right, everybody, welcome back to another great episode here at At the Movies with Scorpio Moon and me, Angel Espino, a.k.a. The Jackal. I have over 10 years of podcasting experience, producing, video editing, all kinds of shenanigans on the Internet. And you can find all my work over at angelespino.com. With me, as usual, is the one and only Mr. Scorpio Moon. And Mr. Scorpio Moon comes fully equipped with also about 10 years of experience in this industry, uh, mostly podcasts and written reviews. This is probably one of the very first video shows I've done. So if you like what you see and want a little more of it, also check out my personal side channel, Nerd Certified, also found on YouTube. And first, before we continue on, let's just remind the audience, uh, Scorpio, that we need you guys to hit the subscribe button, notification, and... You know that big old finger. Please give us a thumbs up. It really comes in handy. And uh, this week, we're going to do our top 10 list of 2021. And with that said, folks, let's get on with the rest of the show. Okay, folks. So you're getting a top 10 from the show combined. So Mr. Jackal and I are each going to give you five movies. So we've yep. given you a total top 10 from the Scorpio Moon and Jackal at the Movie Show. I guess I'll be going first. Um, we're working our way up. So my number five, coming in at number five for me, was Free Guy. Lose the skin! I lose, how am I supposed to get rid of my skin? Take it off, man. Just take it off. What are you doing? What? Seriously. The whole thing, the face, the how? outfit, everything. Ditch it. If you don't, we're going to kill you. Why? And we're going to keep killing you. Still why? Until we do find out who you are, and then we're going to ban you for okay. life. No, no. Okay, I, I want to comply. I just find the order of those threats very confusing. Somebody's about to get shot. Light them up. Yo, on another review, I called this probably the most complete movie of 2021 doesn't leave you hanging in any way but it also really just checks off every box that a movie has to you know you watch free guy and there's nothing missing from this um, it's a movie that while it's very firmly entrenched in nerd world it really does kind of elevate above just what its elevator concept is again you know we won't go too heavy on spoilers here but it definitely does more than just the gimmick that you see in the trailer in a really, really surprising way that absolutely makes it one of the best movies of the year. My number five movie of the year is Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I know I speak probably for myself and a handful of audience uh, members out there who absolutely love this movie. Some people have been kind of harsh on it, but for me, it just totally works. Uh, in a universe where Eddie Brock is his own Eddie Brock and not maybe the Eddie Brock that we're used to from the comics, uh, this is drawn from a certain part of the Venom comic book lore, and uh, it has a beautifully uh, shot film. Uh, the first one, I loved uh, the visuals, the concept, the storyline, the acting, and uh, they followed up beautifully with uh, Cletus Cassidy as Carnage and, of course, Eddie Brock, who uh, was fantastic again, played by a fantastic actor and Tom 
Hardy, who does uh, just a great job in everything he's been in. I, I'm a huge fan of his. And uh, the directing by Andy Serkis was fantastic. Who would have thought that Andy Serkis would, would have been such a good director for these kind of movies? Woody Harrelson, who I love as an actor, does a fantastic job again as Cletus Cassidy. And uh, my number five movie of the year is Venom. Let there be carnage. And uh, I can't wait for the third one. Can't wait for the Sinister Six. And then coming in at number four for me, my number four was a big surprise, but for number four of the whole year, I'm actually putting in the new Matrix movie. Doors on your right. Set and setting. Right? Oh, no. It's all about set and setting. After our first contact went so badly, we thought elements from your past might help ease you into the present. Nothing comforts anxiety like a little nostalgia. Based on a lot of my other reviews, you guys would probably think that I would just go running from something like that. I hate these legacy revisits and endless soft reboot sequel remakes, blah, blah, blahs, but I was really surprised that the new Matrix movie was not a soft reboot, not a passing of the torch, but really was a proper sequel and revisitation of a franchise that I've always really, really liked. I thought this was going to suck, but I was actually really, really impressed with it. I loved how The Matrix didn't fall into the same traps that so many of these other revisits do. You know, so many of the mistakes that turned me off from these kind of movies, you know, those mistakes were missing in this new Matrix. And I really liked that they actually filled in the story and gave you something to work with. I'm looking forward to more of them. My number four movie of the year is No Time to Die. That's right, the 007 entry with Daniel Craig as james bond himself uh once again nailed it out of the park this has been my favorite run at the james bond series and i'm a big 007 fan for many 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 years now several decades to be exact i've loved just about every actor that's uh come before uh but daniel craig is by far my definitive James Bond, uh, but the director did a fantastic job finishing out this story, and it's the first time that James Bond has been told from beginning to the end, and you get a real concept of what James Bond's life was. Now, of course, they're going to reboot with a new James Bond in the next one. Um, it's not going to be just a, a continuation from what I heard, but in this one, No Time to Die, I really felt like they completely gave me everything I've ever wanted to see of a James Bond movie. So 2021, number four, no time to die. Thank you, Daniel Craig, for your time at the Secret Service. Her Majesty thanks you as well. And then my number three, um, probably something that's a little surprising to see on a top ten like this, but my number three of the year was actually The Forever Purge.
down now, y'all. A bit of a trend that you're going to see in my top five here for our top ten is that sometimes it's not so much about the story, but the way that the story is told. And what I really appreciated about The Forever Purge was that it managed to use current events to tell its story, but without being, for lack of a better word, overly preachy about it. You know, the elevator concept for The Purge here was always, you know, what if all crime was legal, you know, for 24 hours or for a night, basically. But there, you know, from there, the purge has always been a very political, very politicized kind of thing. Um, it wears its heart on its sleeve in that regard. You know, you watch the first one, and right off the bat, you can see that they clearly have a message. You know, something they're trying to say here. But you know, when you see the Forever Purge, it would be very easy to try and you know compare some of the events that happen in that to like MAGA type things or the Capitol riots and things like that. But it's not a movie that's trying to like you know be overly preachy and you know shove that message down your throat. Again, for lack of a better word, basically, it just kind of takes a play on current events and uses them as the background, you know, the background for its movie. And that was really just, you know, especially in, you know, today's, you know, Hollywood cinematic landscape there. It's very rare to see a movie that can use those kind of events without overly politicizing it. So I was pleasantly surprised to see how they could pull that off. My number three movie of the year is the movie Free Guy with one of my favorite actors, Ryan Reynolds. me do you see this a quarterly reports on my desk by friday completely nails this uh, Sean Levy-directed film. A, he plays a bank teller who discovers that he's actually inside a brutal open-world video game. And to me, this movie did what The Matrix 4 and other movies like this could not do. It told a solid story. It was fun. It had a lot of funny moments in it. Had a lot of genuinely romantic moments with him and his, uh, you know, female protagonist. And it just, it was a fun ride from beginning to end. Unlike movies, for example, which you could compare to this, besides Matrix. Uh, you know, Ready Player One, which I believe I brought up in my initial review of the movie. Uh, this movie really did feel like it was a complete film that leaves you open for sequels. But if it's a standalone, it, it's fine. And uh, it was number three, Free Guy. And I hope to see more movies like this from Ryan Reynolds where it can take itself not too seriously, but seriously enough to actually be a very good film. And uh, this is something that he did beautifully in this movie. Everything worked about this movie for me. So much that it landed number three on my top five. So there you go, number three, Free Guy. Free Guy probably ranking very high for both of us because it was an original property as too. You know, it doesn't necessarily have a source material. Similar to the feel of my number two, which is going to be old. Please, let me see. No, this is not making any sense, Chris. I need to get my ass to a hospital now. What's with all your faces? It's hard to explain. This is messed up, man. 
Way to go. This is so kind of politics. Now, Old was technically based on a French comic book. You know, there's a graphic novel, there's a source material for this, but, you know, Old felt like a new property, you know, watching the movie. But what I really like the most about Old is, I mean, look, I don't care what anyone says, this is a horror movie, plain and simple. You know, you'll probably see it listed under the thrillers or something like that when it arrives on Netflix and such. But no, Old was just really full of body horror, psychological horror. Yeah, there's kind of like a family drama thing going on in the background, too, but... Old was just a really freaky, creepy movie that partitioned its information in a very, like, kind of frenetic, unusual way that kind of contributed to the atmosphere of it. And it really, really worked for me. And Old was one of those movies, you know, I had written off M. Night Shyamalan a while ago. But again, getting back to not just the story, but the way the story is told, the, you know, the gimmick or like, you know, the, the what is M. Night Shyamalan very, very famous for having like a big reveal at the end of his movies? The reveal here gave the movie a sense of completeness, but it, the movie didn't depend on it. You know, you can enjoy the whole movie without the reveal, and it's not like, oh, cool, now we get the gimmick. Uh, I guess that makes the movie work and not work. The movie actually told a really good story on its own. Not a lot of times M. Night Shyamalan can do that without relying on his gimmick, but he did so, and did so very, very well here. My number two movie of the uh, year, and uh, it just slightly ended up at number two. It could easily have been number one. Is Spider-Man: No Way Home, directed by John Watts? Spider-Man is in fact Peter Parker. Are you Spider-Man's girlfriend? Are you Spider-Man's girlfriend? Oh, 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 please don't touch her. Is this a kid? You murdered him. Scare you? Um, Help him murder him. No, I, I didn't. Anybody? Starring, of course, Tom Holland, Zendaya, and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch who uh, is awesome as Doctor Strange. I absolutely love this uh, third entry into the uh, MCU Spider-Man universe. No Way Home nailed the storyline. I love the fact that they tried very hard to keep the big reveals uh, secret from the internet, so much so that Andrew Garfield swore up and down he wasn't in this, but we all knew that he was in this, wink, wink. And uh, I love the fact that they went completely out of their way to include him and another great actor from the Spider-Man universe who played Spider-Man before. And uh, because of the fan reaction, we might get an amazing Spider-Man 3 rumors, spoilers, uh, and I hope we do. I think Andrew Garfield and company did a fantastic job in this movie. I, I loved Spider-Man No Way Home, and it just slightly ended at number two. Could have easily been number one because it was that damn good. And it is the number one movie of 2021 when it comes to the box office. It's already crossed a billion dollars. So, folks, for anybody out there saying the movie industry is dead, that people are not going to theaters to watch movies, that they're not going to make any more money now post-pandemic, you're absolutely wrong. It could still happen. You just have to make a good, flicking, flucking movie. <laughs> and they did that with No Way Home. 
And my hat's off to Disney because they finally nailed a really good Spider-Man movie that exceeds the expectations. And uh, I loved this movie a great deal. And uh, I hope that uh, now that they signed up for possibly another trilogy with Tom Holland, that they continue this excellent level of uh, filmmaking with the next uh, two or three movies they come out with. So with that, that's my number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. And so, my number one, the very, very best movie of the year for me. Well, I guess you can say 2021 peaked kind of early for me. Because coming in at number one for me is the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. The movie is just, look, long story short, it's epic. It's every bit worth its runtime. This is an epic, epic superhero movie. This is the way superhero movies should have been told. At least this one. That's it. We got nothing more to say. I guess uh, it didn't live, that, you know, live up to that much of an expectation if you didn't have more to say. And notice how I let you finish that, because I see what you did there. You tried to work in some heckling during our top ten. You tried to heckle me on my number one there. I mean, you know, look, um, it's definitely a thing in a lot of movie reviews where the negativity tends to bring out longer, more involved comments. You know, don't be wrong, there's probably room, or there definitely should be room to talk about what makes something so good. But, you know, in the case of something like Justice League, to me, just really, it just was that good. It was, you know, epic. I can say the word epic a thousand times. That's, that's what it was. It was a superhero epic that was larger than life hard-hitting, and just how superheroes like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman should be brought to the big screen. And uh, the number one film for me in 2021 is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Safety's off. Her feet are planted. Her face is poised. Will this be the moment of her death? Nobody Gosh, that is the best thing I've ever seen. Jason Reitman, this is his first big, you know, movie, and if the name sounds familiar, Jason is the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the original two Ghostbusters movies, and uh, they brought the son in to uh, do this one after the failed reboot in 2016. I am a huge fan, so maybe that goes into it a little bit. Uh, I love the cast, the kids, Paul Rudd, everybody just uh, was fantastic in this. Uh, every bit of this film was just a, a beautiful thing shot. Uh, the fan service, uh, again, the cast, Finn, Wolfhan Wolfhard, uh, Paul Rudd, uh, Carrie Coon, uh, McKenna Grace, 
everybody deserves a complete hats off for making this a fun movie with a lot of heart. Yes, it has a lot of callbacks and references to the original two, but you know what? It didn't matter to me because the story is a continuation to the original two, and it actually brings in the passing of Egon uh, into this. Harold Remus, who died in, in real life, is a central figure in this movie, and he has done justice and uh, my hat's off to uh, Jason Reitman for bringing the movie to life. And uh, the number one film for me in 2021 is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, I know that there's talk and rumors about more movies in this universe. I hope so. And I hope Jason comes back for at least another one because he did a fantastic job really capturing the heart and soul of what Ghostbusters is. It's a horror comedy and it's not a, a gory horror comedy. It just has horror elements in it. And I think he did a, a bang-up job on this. And I look forward to seeing more of not only his work, but more of Ghostbusters, which, again, just uh, completely nailed the concept of what the Ghostbusters was all about. With the last reboot, I, I lost a lot of hope. Uh, but this one brings back the hope that we could still get more great Ghostbusters flicks out there. So my number one movie of 2021, just edging out Spider-Man No Way Home, is Ghostbusters Afterlife. You know, 2021 was the year of movies I was really, really looking forward to. I think it was a very special, unique year in the way they're presented. In the way that, you know, for 2021, for a lot of us, it was the return to the movie theaters. You know, people, I mean, look, I was still seeing movies as soon as movie theaters were opened. So I was risking my life to see movies like Freaky and New Mutants <laughs> in the theaters. But, <laughs> you know, 2021 still was the return to the movie theaters for a lot of us. But they also kept the streaming going with a lot of movies coming, you know, straight to video, video demand, basically. So that's a big part of why I even wanted to do a show like this. Because there's so much access. You can get them in the theater. You can get them straight at home. You know, it's a time where I could really see more movies than ever. So I hope it keeps up for 2022. And now that the genie's out of the bottle, this VOD keeps up. And I can just keep seeing tons and tons and tons of movies. So we'll be able to bring you guys so many shows. Thanks for clicking on our 2021 special. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm really surprised and uh, encouraged that you liked old as much as you did. Because I've only told you about it. And you're like, old? And I'm like, yeah, it's from M9, Shalamalama, Shalamalama, sh sh the guy from Six Sense. And you're like, oh, yeah, he, he made a good movie once in a while. And, uh, you know, I, so I'm surprised you liked it as much as you did to include it in your top five. I liked old uh, a lot. It's in my top 15 also. Uh, but, you know, my final thoughts is uh, this. I wasn't surprised that the cinema is not dead uh, because cinematic movies are always going to be around as long as movies are made. It's the experience of watching it in theaters that makes a lot of these movies special. Uh, watching it at home, it's fun. It can be entertaining. You could maybe enjoy some movies a little bit more because you're, you're paying more attention to it and you can pause and this and that and go to the bathroom. Uh, but the cinematic aspect to a lot of these big blockbusters are there for a reason. And I, I'm just happy that cinemas are starting to get back on the ground. And if uh, look, Spider-Man No Way Home is any indication, the whole you know, excuse that, oh, it's because of the pandemic, the movies are not making money, goes out the window. Crossed a billion dollars within a week, 
and there's no excuse for the movies doing the same. You just got to make a good film. And if you do that, the audience will respond with big numbers. And, you know, for for all intents and purposes, uh, Justice League Snyder Cut ended up at number 18 on my top 20. Uh, it wasn't a movie that I loved or completely hated. I would give it like a 6 out of 10, you know, a, a D plus of that. It was just too long, and I didn't like the musical uh, choices for it. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, sometimes Zack Snyder gets lost in his own mind uh, when it comes to, like, some of the musical choices, and it just it completely takes you off at the moment. Uh, it's not as fast as I would have wanted a superhero flick to be, and I think he did that on purpose to drag it out for four hours, which there was no need for that. This could have been easily a three-hour movie and been a whole lot better for it. Uh, I do like the visuals more in this. I think they did a little bit better job at uh, building up the movie. But again, it just dragged down way too much. And uh, I didn't really like the cyborg take uh, too much in this. Um, I don't like the fact that they uh, scrapped some of the stuff that they had planned for, like Green Lantern. I was supposed to be a part of in it, and they didn't you know, allow that to be in it. Overall, it still isn't really a Zack Snyder version. It's a cut that he did after the fact, uh, but it's not the initial concept that he had going in when he was originally doing this movie. And uh, it just, for me, it didn't really live up to expectations. But I wasn't a fan, Scorpio, of the uh, other you know movies that he did in the century. Like, I didn't like uh, Men of Steel, Batman v Superman. So, I mean, it, it wouldn't shock anybody that I wasn't a huge fan of this. But with that said, though, I will say this. Uh, I think there is room for the DCEU to have a Zack Snyder universe within, like, say, the HBO Max platform and go forward with some of these characters and continue that universe because a fan base is there. We saw that with all the fans that came out for this movie and hats off to them for making them actually, uh, you know, release this uh, flick out on, on HBO Max. Uh, they fought hard and tough for two years to get this done. You know, we know somebody who was in the uh, front of the line there, Mr. Zod Ryder himself. <laughs> and uh, he was uh, hands-on like a uh, soldier trying to get this done. And uh, for those who really wanted, I think there is room enough for everybody to have, you know, what they want and, and play within the world they want to play in, as long as the actors want to come back and uh, do what they want to do with it. But I just, you know, I didn't really like, uh, you know, the movie all that much, as much as you did, obviously. Um, you know, but that's just my take. I know you didn't feel the same way I felt for Ghostbusters, for example. No, you know, I couldn't stand that movie. I thought it was just fan service, the movie. But no, I think what you're missing on Justice League is, you know, you think this is the four-hour Snyder re-edit. You need to go start the petition for the full Zack Snyder six-hour director's vision. No, thank <laughs> you. That's what you're looking for. <laughs> that is definitely something I will skip on after watching four hours of this. You know, this is the first time in uh, in any movie franchise or any movie that I've fallen asleep three times halfway through the movie and I had to, like, you know, restart it because I didn't remember what the hell I saw. All I remember was bad musical numbers and a bunch of people in costumes. And I had to restart it two or three times to be able to sit through the whole thing. But I will say this, though. Is it better than the Joss Whedon cut? Oh, yes. <laughs> Without a doubt. It's a lot better of a movie than that. But two times zero? 
So zero times zero, zero plus zero, still a zero. So, I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, it's still not a great movie. But at least it wasn't the complete, you know, dumpster fire that the Adjust Whedon cut was. So I'll give him that much. And with that said, folks, this has been my final thought of 2021. Happy New Year. Peace. Until next year. Wait, it is next year. <laughs> Thank you.